Listen up, man, I'll tell you who I am. Just another stupid American. You don't want to listen, you don't want to understand. So finish up your drink and go home. How's it going, my fellow Americans? I'm back. Back in the saddle again. Behind the mic, getting ready to rock your world. Welcome to the Politics and Punk Rock Podcast. I am Andrew for America, the dying society that she is. I'm doing my best to keep the strength and the courage alive. I don't know if I'm uh, making any headway. I don't know if I'm making a difference. But I'm fighting the good fight and... I'm not going to give up. I'm going to keep pressing on. Providing you with information. To the best of my ability. And like I always say, it is you, the listener's job, to either accept or reject the information that I am bringing to you here on this show. I'm not trying to say I know everything. I'm not trying to say that I have all the answers. I definitely am very firm in my belief on certain things. And that firmness comes from knowledge, wisdom, understanding, and experience. And evidence and receipts. (laughs) You know what I'm saying? There's no such thing as alternative facts There's no such thing as alternative truth. There's the truth. And then there's literally everything else. Bullshit, narrative, propaganda, hyperbole, hypocrisy, half-truths, unfounded claims, not based on evidence, things people try to get you to believe without providing you with any receipts, like your government does and like your media does. And here on the Politics and Punk Rock podcast, people, I try to provide you with receipts. I try to provide you with evidence. I try to provide you with historical accounts, authors, takes, etc. I try to do the best that I can with showing you why I think, feel, and believe certain things to the best of my ability. And if that's not enough for some of you, so be it. I'm not trying to change your mind. I'm not trying to force my beliefs and my opinions on you. This podcast is for intelligent truth seekers who love punk rock music and have an earnest desire to save this world. Nothing more and nothing less. You can read into that all you want. You can read into the things I tell you on this show all you want to. I don't give a fuck what you think, feel, or believe. 
all I'm trying to do is provide you with information that I have discovered on my quest from ignorance towards knowledge, wisdom, and understanding. The same quest I have been urging all of you, my fellow Americans, to start, if you haven't already. And I've been urging you to do so since episode one. The Brave New World Order. My podcast has grown quite a bit since I started this show. And it is continuing to grow. And that warms my heart and brings me joy. Because it makes me feel like whether you agree with me or not, you're still going to listen to my point of view. You're still going to listen to what I have to say. Like it or not. And I appreciate that from you, my listeners. My down since day one listeners and all of my haters out there. I know some of you listen just so you can be pissed off and upset with me. That's fine. You can sit in your emotion and be pissed off and upset all you want. Maybe you should be more pissed off and more upset. Because maybe, just maybe, I opened your eyes to some of the realities of this world. And today, my fellow Americans, I'm going to continue to open your eyes and hopefully open your mind to uncomfortable truths instead of providing you with seductive lies. Uh Uh-uh. Not here on the Politics and Punk Rock podcast. This show is not for the faint of heart. If you have a sensitive sensibility, you're probably not going to like this show very much. And that's okay. But for those of you that feel that way and have those personality characteristics, you sensitive Sally, little soy boy, beta boy, bitch boys out there, I urge you to continue to listen to this show. It's probably for the best. If it hurts, good. <laughs> if I uh, if I hit a nerve with you, if I struck a nerve with you on some specific topic, you didn't like what I said, you want to debate me, you want to argue with me, you want to fight me, good. Good. <laughs> good. I'm glad to hear that. I'm trying to piss you off. I'm trying to wake you up. I'm trying to open your eyes. I'm trying to destroy your stupid little pathetic ego. You narcissistic fucks out there. Slaves to the status quo you call modern day America. It's gross. You're sickening, disgusting peasants who refuse to face the facts, refuse to face the truth, and that's why I'm here. I'm here to rip the Band-Aid off. I'm here to be the mosquito that just won't stop biting you. I'm here to be the thorn in your side, the monkey in the wrench, the pain in your ass. Hate me all you want. I love it. I love it. Hate me. Don't hate the world for being the way it is. 
hate yourself for making the world the way it is. And hate me for pointing it out. I don't give a shit. (laughs) It's the reason why I get up and breathe this air, drink this coffee in the morning. It's the reason why I'm here. The world needs more of people like me, in my humble opinion. And that's not ego talking, my fellow Americans. That's reality. Now, before we get started today, uh, I wanted to ask something of you, my listeners. The vast majority of you choose to listen to this show on Apple Podcasts. And I appreciate you very much. But if you have Spotify, I ask you to listen on Spotify. And here's why. First reason, that's the only place you can see my video episodes. When I make video episodes, which there's a good possibility more of those will be coming in the future. That's the first reason. The second reason is, turns out, I get paid a little bit more money per ad read on Spotify than on other platforms. It's not much, but it's something. So out of all the platforms you could use to listen to this show, I highly recommend Spotify. Now, you don't have to do what I ask. That's okay. I'm just politely asking. That's my preference. Uh, You know, Spotify for Podcasters hosts this show and they pay us a little bit more than the other streaming platforms. So just want to throw that out there. If you like my show and you don't want to subscribe and you don't want to donate, that's cool. I get it. Times are tough. Inflation, devaluation of currency. I get it. I get it. But if you do have Spotify, please listen to this podcast on that platform. I would greatly appreciate it. Okay. Okay. I'm going to take a commercial break. And when we come back, my fellow Americans, we're going to talk about some uncomfortable stuff. I'm going to walk the high wire. (laughs) I'm going to walk the tightrope on some things that I probably shouldn't be talking about. But I'm going to just dip my toe in. See how it feels. See how hot the water is. (laughs) We're going to talk about a gentleman named Russ Dizdar. We're going to talk about a gentleman named Robert Maxwell. Father of Ghislaine Maxwell. We're going to talk about the most feared intelligence community in the world known as Israeli Mossad. Then we're going to talk about some other stuff that might make you feel a little sick to your stomach, and I apologize for that part of the show today. But uh, I feel like you probably need to hear it. And I don't know. Part of me doesn't want to play what I'm going to play for you, but I'm going to do it anyway just to see if there's any backlash. Like I said, I'm not trying to be a fear porn artist. I'm just trying to show you some things that point to what I call the truth. I'll be right back. 
All right, people. Welcome back to the show. Let's start by playing this clip. And then I'm going to give you a little history lesson, a little uh, biography about a gentleman that, uh, you know, his story is very similar to many of the stories I've told you before on this show. Lots of people throughout history decided to have the balls and the courage to speak the truth. Maybe it was on a mainstream media news network. Maybe it was on uh, a talk show. Maybe, you know, like David Crowley, who decided to make a movie about some of the crazy stuff that's going on in the world. We all know about Janet Osbard, who made the Follow the Cabal series. She suddenly went away. Milton Wilton, uh, Milton William Cooper, allegedly uh, killed by the club. All these people I've talked about on the show. Isn't it funny? Isn't it funny how they come after you? If you start saying stuff that they don't like, Andrew Tate, all these people. If you go back and listen to my show, I have brought you countless examples of people who said just a little bit too much of what they allegedly weren't supposed to say, according to the alleged big club. Notice I'm saying alleged a lot today because I'm going <laughs> to... Uh, I'm going to bring up some uh, controversial, tough-to-listen-to stuff in this episode. And not that, again, not like I'm, you know, I want to be entertaining, but I also want to be blunt and unmerciful. So hopefully you are entertained, and hopefully you do not have a sensitive sensibility. Hopefully you can take it, because today I'm going to dish it. So here we go. Take a listen to this clip from Mr. Russ Dizdar. So next question, this is a two-part question. First part, does SRA exist? And if so, how prevalent is it in society today? Yeah, satanic ritual abuse, and I could say it this way, it not only exists, um, satanic ritual abuse is inseparably connected to multiple personality disorder. All of society knows since the late 70s, and even DSM-3, DSM-4, those are the diagnostic manuals for psychology. They all know that multiple, all of a sudden, multiplicity started showing up everywhere. They call it DID now. So the secular world, has, they, they're registering you know, millions coming in for diagnosis on that. Now, they don't know how to handle the satanic side. So I'm going to tell you just straight out, after 38 years of dealing with it, not only is SRA real here in the United States, that there are millions of victims by design, uh, that there's now generations of them. We deal with 65 and 70-year-olds. They're the first generation. Then we go to 40-year-olds and 20-year-olds. I got 8-year-olds and 12-year-olds we're dealing with. Because if you don't stop this somewhere, they do it to the next generation. That's by design. That's the way it's supposed to be for them. So, but it occurs in selection. Um, it's generational. It caused you to and simply to say that they they bring a lot of trauma to the child to cause split in personality, so that they can demonize and or begin to program. You're going to be a witch. You're going to be a conjurer. You're going to be a program shooter. All kinds of these things happen, and then they're raised in that system. And they're raised to keep all of that hidden down and just have kind of little Joey up or little Sally up 
and they may not know until they're 15, 16, they may not know what's inside them till later on. But millions have already showed up at psych wards all across America since the late 70s to this day. To, you, we look at a child and automatically we're going to protect them, save them, guard them, whatever it takes. They look at a child, they eat it alive, they destroy it, they torture it. You gotta remember that's their nature. And so if they could show more of their nature to a defenseless child, they love that. That's why some rituals are called demon rebels or satanic rebels. The younger the child, and here's exactly what dark undergrounders have said to me. Um, the younger, the better. And we never kill them right away. We prolong the torture. Why? Because we have to raise the energies, the terror, the fear, and then little by little letting some blood out because blood is the, and all that torment. It's like, think in terms of rats and garbage. Some smelly old garbage draws the rats. A ritual with all that torture, with all that pain, ultimately prescribed by the demons in the first place, it draws them. And once they begin to open the blood gate, that's what they attach to in the context ritual, then when a child or a human is killed, that's when the demons are released to the practitioners. So it's all about their unsatiable un hatred of God. Anything they can do to harm humanity, harm innocence as an attack on God in a sense, um, there's no question uh, in their nature, they don't shed a tear, they don't have any mercy. Um, so they'll harm, and, and they and they love that as part of the entrance uh, to come into the south. Here's the other side of it. We've been to Canada, Scotland, Geneva, Switzerland, Germany, Poland. They're all over there. We just got back from Scotland, UK, and we met one of the guys there, one of the leaders in the whole nation on the subject, and same issue. It stems from the original Nazis creating a master race. Wherever the Nazis went in the early 50s, rat lines all around the planet, wherever you see them going to escape, then you see the, ri the rise of SRA. So we need to rename this. SRA, are the, that's the tools to hammer this in and, and to augment these people and to bring the demonization and to create them. But really it is part of the master race development that started back in the late 30s and Himmler's goal was to create 200 million of them. That was his stated goal. Okay, allegedly, allegedly, allegedly. Okay? Now, who is this guy, right? Clearly, he is saying some things here that are unbelievable or very difficult to believe for a lot of people. Even for someone like me, I listen to a clip like that and I say to myself, that is fucked up. There's no way that that's happening. And if it is happening, what kind of people are these people that are capable of doing such horrifically disgusting things to an innocent child? Allegedly. I don't want to believe that this type of stuff happens in this world. But just because I don't want to think it, just because I don't want to believe it, does not mean it's not 
happening. It does not mean that this account is not true. It doesn't matter if you like it or not, my fellow Americans. Whether or not you like something doesn't change the fact. It doesn't change the truth. And that's why each and every one of us, my fellow Americans, need to develop some thicker skin. We need to find a way to become less childish and less sensitive. The time for sensitivity and feelings and emotions is over. 2024 and beyond must be the beginning of the growth, the regrowth, the rebirth of masculinity, of strong warriors. And women, you can be a strong warrior if you want to be. That sounds great to me. But I'm focusing on you, the men. Men, if you don't preach and support morality, ethics, reason, decency, then who is? Then who is? And if you abdicate yourself from that responsibility, what makes you think evil isn't going to take control and run wild? If evil doesn't have a checks and balances system preventing its growth, preventing its gaining of strength, then who's going to stop it? That's why I'm here. Because someone in this society needs to tell you and needs to continually, repetitively, repeatedly remind you of the realities of this world. Because it's easy for you to look the other way. It's easy to hear this shit and then just turn around and forget about it. I don't want to think about that. I don't want to believe in that. Sounds horrible. Sounds terrible. Yeah, you're right. It does. But is running from the truth going to fix any problems in your life? You want to cry and bitch and moan and whine and complain about your lot in this life, about your standard of living, about your status quo? Who's going to stop it if this is real? If this is, in fact, a serious thing that happens in this world, satanic ritual abuse of children. Ask yourself. I recently saw someone say, you know, eight something, 800, I don't know if it was 8 million or 800 million, who knows how many children are reported uh, to have gone missing over the years or every year, whatever it is, some astronomically absurd statistic. Where are they going? Where are all these invisible children disappearing to? Are they being harvested for organs and adrenochrome? And are they being used in satanic ritual abuse? Is there really an underground 
human slave trade? Do we really breed human beings somewhere in this world only to be used by these, you know, top of the pyramid, elitist, satanic, ritual, occult, fucking sick people? Maybe. I don't know. But if it's not really happening, why are there guys like Russ Dizdar out there in the world telling you about it? And that's not the only guy. There are countless people that have wrote about. I've, I can't remember what episode I talked about this long, long time ago on this show. But I was playing you a few clips uh, back in the day where I cited all the books that were written about this stuff. A lot of it was in England, which is not surprising. And so, you know, this isn't a secret, people. If this is the first time you've heard about satanic ritual abuse, then <laughs> this is probably tough to hear. And if you keep listening to this episode today, after this point, I'm going to play some more stuff that's going to be really tough to hear. But we'll get to that here in a sec. Let's meet Russ Dizdar. Who is this guy? Russ Dizdar is the author of many books. He wrote The Black Awakening, Rise of the Satanic Super Soldiers, and The Coming Chaos. I already don't like that title. He wrote a book called Snatched from the Flames. He wrote a book called The Shiner Directive, Preparing the Way for the Son of Perdition. He also wrote What Witches Don't Want Christians to Know. <laughs> oh, boy. So clearly this guy is deep into this stuff. Or should I say was deeply into this stuff? Because guess what, my fellow Americans? Russ Dizdar is no longer with us. He allegedly died of COVID-19. If you go to RussDizdar.com, I'll, I'll read to you the little bio from this guy. Coming out of the 60s and 70s, Russ was a rock and rolling bar fighting partier, consuming drugs and alcohol, and searching every door to meaning he could get his hands on. He was a dabbler in dark occultism and a practitioner of golden Buddha meditation where he was trained in astral projection to seek the ascended masters. Russ says, I sought to experiencing, I sought to experience anything spiritual, supernatural, and alternative that I could to find what it was I was looking for, but I didn't. Instead, I found myself on the edge of death and hell itself. Russ started out in the AOG church, was licensed to and then ordained to the ministry in October of 1978, Reformation Sunday at Green Baptist Church by the SBC. He was served as a senior pastor of four churches in the last 30 years. He was also ex-director of the Greater Akron Youth for Christ, uh, a police chaplain, and he is the founder and now directs, or used to direct, Shatter the Darkness and Preemption Broadcast, 2007. He was 
He has preached in churches uh, in eight states, held training seminars, and loved to do crusade evangelism. Yada, yada, et cetera, et cetera. Okay, so he was on the news. He had radio stations uh, that had interviewed him all over the country. Uh, he participated in biblical studies. So deep guy, right? Wrote some books about SRA and the occult, yada, yada. Okay. Um, oh, yeah. Uh, Russ has been on Coast to Coast before. And there are a lot of questions surrounding his death. He was an anti-vaxxer. Uh, they, there are reports saying anti-vax satanic ritual abuse expert dies of something. Um, they say COVID-19 is what actually how he died. I don't know for sure if that is true, but there, there are people out there that are making that contention. He was definitely a controversial figure. And damn it, I'm looking for his Wikipedia page, but I can't find it. But if you guys just Google it, you can read all about it. Russ Dizdar, D-I-Z-D-A-R. Lots of uh, speculation and conspiracy theories about who he was, what his uh, point was, what his goals were. Uh, you know, this whole COVID-19 thing, people, isn't it such a perfect scapegoat? If the big club doesn't like you and they want to get rid of you, they can probably pull the trigger and just blame it on COVID. Oh, he didn't take the vaccine. He died of COVID. See? See what happens when you don't take the vax, people? You die of COVID. What a great bullshit storyline. <laughs> Who knows if it really was COVID? Who knows if the big club didn't come and get rid of this guy for speaking too much truth about their you know, actions and about their belief systems up there at the tippy top of that pyramid. Whoever they are, right? Quote, unquote, they, the big they, them. <laughs> um, but speaking of the need for evidence and the search for receipts. I want to point out a couple of things that Russ Dizdar said in this little clip uh, that I just played for you of this man speaking about this stuff. And he said that psychologists started seeing a large rise in multiple personality disorders during the 70s. And there was, there was, you know, he said there was a big spike and that it became a new thing uh, around that time. And he makes the contention that that all stemmed from torture and mind control tactics, brainwashing tactics of the Nazis during World War II and probably even before World War II, trying to create, you know, super soldiers or trying to create multiple personality disorders within people that they can become Manchurian candidates that they, that, you know, the Nazis or whoever's in control, whoever's perpetrating the torture and, and turning people into these things. And I use the term things lightly because they are people. This could happen to anybody. This could happen to you, me, all of us. 
if you just so happen to come into this world <laughs> as a bred human being, bred like cattle to be used in SRA, I mean, the thought is just sickening. It makes me sick to my stomach to think that, that's, that this kind of shit could possibly be happening in reality. It's hard to hear, I know. But if you're on the quest for absolute truth, people, you better be ready to discover some of the realities of this world that are going to be very, very, very uncomfortable to consider and to think about and to accept as possible reality. So think about that. Ask yourself, why was there little to no multiple personality disorder, quote unquote, before the 1970s? When these people started showing up in psych wards, like Mr. Dizdar just got done saying. Modern psychology knows and is aware of. And if you look at history, like I'm always urging you to do, history and chronology of events will tell you a lot of truth if you learn how to do it right, you stay determined, you stay consistent and persistent in your research. Isn't it interesting that 30, 40 years after all of this alleged SRA, brainwashing, mind control, Nazi, uh, super soldier, Manchurian candidate programs were occurring, all of a sudden these people, you know, Either they did their job and they were let loose or they just continued to go through life uh, and they were lucky enough to remain living. And then th they probably realized something was wrong with them. They walked into a psych ward one day and they got diagnosed with multiple personality disorder. And then Russ Dizdar here says that it becomes generational. They're teaching it to their kids. They're supposed to be bringing up the next generation. You know, there was version one, then there's version two, version three. Who knows what version we're on now? But another thing he said in there was programmed shooters. And if he's right about that, then that plays into my theories that I've talked about on this show before, that here it is. This is my contention. All of these alleged school shooters, Vegas, uh, you know, Parkland, or whatever it is, I forget, the Florida town or the school, all of them. How many, I mean, gosh, there's been hundreds of them at this point. And then they have a, I mean, all the way back to Lee Harvey Oswald, all the way back to um, Jack Ruby with the JFK assassination, right? Why is it that there's all these reports of these people seeming uh, discombobulated and confused and, um, like they didn't know what was going on, like they weren't in control of their actions during these events. Time and time and time again, the media tells you the sad sob story about the shooters. Oh God, we got to get guns away from people because there's gun violence, right? Why is it? Why is it that so many of these shooters, when interviewed, have similar explanations? I don't know what happened. I don't remember. I 
was not in control of my actions. I can plead insanity in a courtroom. And then when diagnosed by a psychologist as insane, I can possibly get off. I was insane. I need mental help. I need to be in a psych ward or whatever, right? Isn't it interesting? You don't want to believe in SRA. You don't want to believe in Manchurian candidates. You don't want to believe that the government or the intelligence community is behind the creation of brainwashed, tortured, satanic, ritually abused people. People that were tortured so much through electroshock, through drugs, through whatever, abuse, torture, that they were able to separate the real them from the fantasy them. Think about the movie Zoolander, people. When they take Derek Zoolander and they program him for seven days to kill the the president of whatever it was, Korea, or what I don't remember what the storyline of the movie was, but you could call that predictive programming. They're basically telling you in the movie Zoolander exactly what they allegedly have done to high-profile people, maybe celebrities, maybe Manchurian, uh, Manchurian candidates, programmed shooters, allegedly, allegedly, allegedly. You don't think the Nazi research didn't get to that point to where this was possible? And when Alan Dulles, through Operation Paperclip, brought all the Nazi scientists to the United States and gave them safe haven in this country after World War II because he liked the research that they were doing on mind control. People put it together. It isn't that hard to connect the dots and see the very possible reality. And here it is. Here's my conspiracy theory. Allegedly, allegedly, allegedly. This is a theory. This is not fact. I do not have evidence. Unless you want to call my support evidence. It's quite possible that these things point to truth and reality. But I'm not going to be matter of fact about it because I don't want the big club to come and clip me. (laughs) So I'm going to be very aloof and not so sure about my statements here on the show today. I'm not saying I know. I'm just saying that when you look at the timeline, when you look at history, a rational, sane person using the scientific method of trial and error could possibly arrive at the conclusion that the Nazi mind control, manipulation, brainwashing, torture tactics that were used during World War II have not metamorphosized over time and gotten better and better and better. The people perpetrating these things have been practicing. They've been trial and error, going over it, researching, studying, testing, 
And if it's true that it was happening back in World War II in Nazi Germany, people, what makes you think that it has not evolved to the modern era? What makes you think this shit isn't not only happening today, but happening even more so and more efficiently than it once occurred? What makes you think that these school shooters or whatever, active shooters, programmed shooters, what makes you think they were not victims of satanic ritual abuse, which created multiple personality disorder, which is a requirement for Manchurian candidates to exist and function as they were programmed to do. What makes you think when Yuval Noah Harari goes to the World Economic Forum and says publicly that human beings are hackable creatures? What makes you think he doesn't make that statement because he is fully aware of the successes of mind control and ritual abuse tactics that were used once upon a time and may even still continue being used by the big club. If you think that there is no possible way that that is the reality and that that is the truth, okay. (laughs) You be the judge. Don't take my word for it. Don't shoot the messenger. I'm going to take a break, and when I come back, we're going to shift gears and start talking about Mr. Robert Maxwell. Interesting fellow. I'll be right back. All right, people, welcome back to the show. Uh, So I'm sure most of you know and are, you know, at the very least uh, a bit aware, whether you want to be aware of it or not, of the whole Jeffrey Epstein scandal, the Ghislaine Maxwell scandal, Epstein Island, right? Um. I recently saw a TikTok video where a man alleged that there's still questionable shit going on out there on Epstein Island. Apparently, there are reporters out there that have gone there with film crews and are witnessing people uh, bringing young children out of vans and walking them out of the airport into... I'm sorry, walking them out of the airport and into vans, rather, to be taken to who knows where to do who knows what. And some of these uh, courageous journalists have been putting a microphone and a camera in these people's faces. There's both men and women that are liaison for these children. 
and uh, they aren't saying a word. They're just quickly shuffling the children off to vans and to vehicles uh, from the airport, and nobody's saying anything. It's very, very hush, hush. So that's questionable. I don't know if it's true. I just saw a video uh, making that claim. So people, if this shit's really going on, this, you know, child trafficking or uh, ritual abuse, satanic ritual abuse of children, if it's still going on, despite the Epstein story, what does that tell you, people? That tells you that they are above the law. Nobody's getting involved. Nobody's trying to take it down. Nobody's trying to investigate. Political figures are on record saying that they were told Epstein is intelligence. It's above our pay grade. And they were told to leave the story alone, leave the situation alone. High level intelligence, allegedly Mossad ties, they say about Epstein. Allegedly, they say that that was his goal was to get high-profile celebrities and politicians and whoever out there on the island, uh, get them willing to do illicit shit with young people, get them on camera, get them uh, blackmailed, and now they got you. Now you're going to do our bidding, whether you like it or not. Because if you don't, we're going to release to the world the illicit shit that we got you on camera doing out here on Epstein Island. Very uh, clever, right? What a clever way to get people in your pocket if you're in an intelligence community, right? The tactics are fucked up. But allegedly, there's never been, you know, well, not allegedly, but throughout history, there's never been a group of people in power that weren't capable of some disgusting, horrible, horrific things. How else do you think they were able to gain and keep power? Just think about it. Logically, put your emotions on the shelf and just think about it. You've all seen movies depicting this stuff. The movies are there to show you the possible reality of, of the world. They're presenting it to you in fantasy, of course, but it programs your mind to consider such stories and narratives and ideas. It plants the seed in your mind so that when and if this stuff starts happening in reality, you're already kind of primed to accept it because you've seen it in the media and in the movies and in the mind control brainwashing propaganda. That's what commercials are. I told you in a previous show. Commercials became what was effectively mind control being studied and researched by the Nazi party in World War II. This stuff is fact. People, you can go look it up. It boggles my mind that people still, in 2024, here coming soon, I'm recording this when it's still 2023. You probably won't hear it until 2024, but that's okay. It, it It's really shocking to me how many people refuse to believe or just turn around and walk the other way as if 
some magical savior is going to come make everything better. Take all your sad fear problems. Take it all away, right? I'm sorry, people. It's up to you. It's up to me. It's up to all of us. We off to look inside. Search your heart. Search your soul. Find out what kind of person you want to be. Because if masculine men don't stand up and put a stop to this shit, it is going to continue. You've heard me say it a million times. What you allow is what will continue. Let's introduce a new character here on the Politics and Punk Rock Podcast. But first, I'm going to play you this clip. Take a listen to this. ...that it was your employer, Robert Maxwell, owner of the Daily Mirror. You say that he was an Israeli agent, and uh, as was his daughter. He was not my employer. I would like to correct that. Okay. We worked together with him. And okay. uh, you say that his daughter, Ghislaine, also, though, worked for Israel, and it was Robert Maxwell who introduced Jeffrey Epstein to Ghislaine Maxwell way before the 1990s, as mainstream media is reported. Correct. I suppose what the most alarming allegations that you've been making are that the entire Epstein operation was a honey trap operation to entrap politicians, policymakers, celebrities, people in the media eye, basically to become Israel's assets. Correct. That's... Uh, it became um, basically an uh, intelligence operation to entrap. An intelligence operation to entrap a honey pot exercise. Very interesting. Allegedly, Robert Maxwell and his daughter, Ghislaine, were Mossad or connected to Israeli intelligence. And allegedly... The whole Jeffrey Epstein thing was connected somehow to Israeli Mossad. And recently when I was on Monday Night Master Debaters, we were kind of briefly talking about this. Uh, Matt from Great Deception recently did a great show uh, going over uh, some of the questions surrounding 9-11 and a lot of uh, Mossad involvement in that, allegedly, allegedly, right? And I said on there, all roads seem to lead to Mossad with 9-11, with Jeffrey Epstein, that story, with, I mean, the JFK assassination. If you listen to my last uh, installment of Reality Lies, Damn Lies, and Statistics, there's a clip in there talking about how Mossad, you can't talk about JFK assassination without talking about Israeli Mossad, the guy says. So, clearly, it's not a secret that Robert Maxwell was Israeli Mossad. And if you dig a little deeper and you scratch the surface a little bit more, you peel back the onion a little bit more, like I did recently, I discovered some stuff about Robert Maxwell that will blow your fucking mind. But before I get to that, I'm going to set it up right here. Take a listen to this. 
Ghislaine Maxwell's father was a Mossad spy who named his empire Pergamon Press, which was a publishing company that often released medical journals and scientific research. If we analyze old religious scriptures, in them the term Pergamon is named as Satan's throne. The altar of Pergamon is where human sacrifices would take place for many gods including Baal, Moloch, and Zeus. Her father also purchased the McGraw-Hill textbooks in 1989, which is still used in North America today to teach our students. So this Mossad agent was controlling school education, medical journals, and scientific books all under a company named after Satan's throne. I mean, what? You're telling me Robert Maxwell owned the Pergamon Press. Robert Maxwell bought McGraw-Hill textbooks. I went to college in this country, and I had to purchase McGraw-Hill textbooks for my college courses at astronomical expense, I might add. <laughs> the cost of books is fucking ridiculous. It wasn't my day anyway. I can't even imagine how bad it is now. Think about that, my fellow Americans. Think about the implications, if that is true. Think about all the things I've told you and other podcasters like me have told you people about the Prussian school system, the Rockefeller uh, takeover of education and medicine and science, etc. This guy, Robert Maxwell, who was Israeli Mossad, is in control of medical textbooks, scientific textbooks. Are you fucking kidding me, people? How deep is Israeli Mossad infiltrated into the United States is where this information leads my rational mind. And think about it. How many times have you heard people say the stereotypical phrase, the Jews run the world? Mel Gibson, countless others. They immediately label the anti-Semite tag on you if you even bring this shit up. I told you guys a story about how I was talking to a couple of Jewish guys about what's going on in Israel and Palestine. And as soon as the word Rothschild even came out of my mouth, they were calling me anti-Semitic. It's, like it's like a knee-jerk reaction. And it's programming, people. That shit was programmed into you. That reaction was conjured and programmed into you so that you don't ever look too hard at what these alleged Zionist, alleged Jewish people are doing. And I, and I you know, I, I use the word Jewish very loosely because if you guys have been listening to this show and podcasters like me, you know that there's a lot of questions surrounding who the Jewish people are and who call themselves Jewish people and really aren't Jewish at all. You guys know the story. Janet Osbard told you the story in Fall of the Cabal. And uh, I have an episode called The Past is Crazy, Part 1, where I talk about all this stuff. Go check it out. Go back and listen. 
where I lay out a lot of Janet Osbard's work on these topics back when she was still with us, alive. Sadly, she is no longer with us. She's yet another victim. Yet another victim of the divine human spirit and the quest for absolute truth. They don't want you digging this shit up, people. The fact that I'm even doing this podcast right now puts my life at risk, I would imagine. They don't want people talking about this stuff on public platforms. That's why you will never hear this stuff on the mainstream media. And if you do start hearing about it on the mainstream media, (laughs) I made this contention before, that's how you know we're getting closer to disclosure. (laughs) Be it alien disclosure, be it a small group of world planners are trying to take over the world and, and institute the new world order disclosure, whatever it is. You watch. You mark my words, my fellow Americans. A few of us are getting a little too close, it seems. And like Andrew Tate said, come kill me. I trust myself, and I believe in my God. And if it's time for me to go for doing what I feel is right and just in my heart, then so fucking be it. And I really hope a lot of you listening to this show find it in your heart of hearts to develop yourself so that you can make fruitful use of your freedom while you still have it. Because there's a real good chance if I'm right about half the shit I've been telling you on this podcast since episode one, if I'm even half right, (laughs) the future ain't looking bright. You better get on the stick and start your quest. Or else you're going to become part human, part machine, hybrid. You're going to become part of the transhumanist agenda, which may very well be a Luciferian agenda. We shall see. But I'm getting a little carried away here. Let's go back to what I was going to do a few minutes ago, and let's meet this new character here on the podcast, Mr. Robert Maxwell. Ian Robert Maxwell, born Jan Ludwig Hyman Benjamin Hoke, was a Czechoslovakian-born British media proprietor, member of parliament, suspected spy and alleged fraudster early in his life maxwell escaped from nazi occupation sorry nazi occupation in his native country joined the czechoslovakian army in exile during world war ii was decorated after active service in the british army in subsequent years he worked in publishing (laughs) building up the pergamon press to a major academic publisher After six years as a labor MP during the 1960s, Maxwell again put all of his energy into business. Successfully, uh, I'm sorry, successively buying the British Printing Corporation, Mirror Group Newspapers, and Macmillan Publishers, among other publishing uh, companies. Did you know that, my fellow Americans? This guy is the guy behind what we teach in our colleges 
and universities and schools. All of which, in my opinion, I like to define as indoctrination centers. Maxwell led a flamboyant lifestyle living in Headington Hill in Oxford, from which he often flew in his helicopter or sailed in his luxury yacht named Lady Ghislaine. <laughs> he was litigious and often embroiled in controversy. In 1989, Maxwell had to sell successful businesses, including the Pergamon Press, to cover some of his debts. In 1991, his body was discovered floating in the Atlantic Ocean, having apparently fallen overboard from his yacht. He was buried in Jerusalem. Maxwell's death triggered the collapse of his publishing empire as banks called in their loans. Shocker. His sons briefly attempted to keep the business together but failed as the news emerged that the elder Maxwell had stolen hundreds of millions of pounds from his own company's pension funds. The Maxwell companies applied for bankruptcy protection 1992. After his death, huge discrepancies in his company's finances were revealed, including his fraudulent misappropriation of the Muir Group pension fund. And really quick, I just wanted to comment on what that clip said about the Pergamon Press. Pergamon is a satanic-related term. Go look it up. I'm not going to get into it today. Consider that homework, you truth seekers out there. Robert Maxwell was born in 1923 into a poor Yiddish-speaking Orthodox Jewish family in the small town of Slatinsky Doli in the region of Carpathian Ruthenia, Czechoslovakia, now known as Solotiv. I'm not even going to pronounce that. Solotivno, Ukraine. Hmm. Ukraine. Interesting. Like the rest of the then newly formed Czechoslovakia, the area of his birth and upbringing had officially been part of the Habsburg monarchy in the Austro-Hungarian Empire. Up until early 1918, his parents were Mikhail Hoke and Hannah Slomowitz. He had siblings, uh, six of them, six siblings. In 1939, the area was reclaimed by the Kingdom of Hungary. Most of Maxwell's family were murdered in Auschwitz after Hungary was occupied in 1944 by Nazi Germany. But years earlier, he had escaped to France. In May of 1940, he joined the Czechoslovakian army in exile after the fall of France and the British retreat to Britain. Maxwell, using a different surname, took part in a protest against the leadership of the Czech army and with 500 other soldiers, he was transferred to the Pioneer Corps and later to the North Staffordshire Regiment in 1943. He was then involved in action across Europe uh, from the Normandy beaches to Berlin and achieved the rank of sergeant. Maxwell gained a commission in 1945 and was promoted to the rank of captain. Uh in 1945, Maxwell married Elizabeth Betty Maynard, a French Protestant, and the couple had nine 
children over 16 years. Michael, Philip, and Christine, Isabel, Kareen, Ian, Kevin, and Ghislaine, to name a few. In a 1995 interview, Elizabeth talked of how they were recreating his childhood family who were killed in the Holocaust. Five of his children were later employed within his companies. After the war, Maxwell used contacts in the Allied occupation authorities to go into business, becoming the British and U.S. distributor for Springer Verlag, a publisher of scientific books. In 1951, he bought three quarters of Butterworth Springer, a minor publisher. The remaining quarter was held by the experienced scientific editor, Paul Rosebaud. He changed the name of the company to Pergamon Press and re, I'm sorry, and rapidly built it into a major publishing company. In 1964, representing the Labor Party, Maxwell was elected Member of Parliament for Buckingham and re-elected in 1966. He gave an interview to the Times in 1968 in which he said the House of Commons provided him with a problem. I can't get on with men, he commented. I tried having male assistants at first, but it didn't work. They tend to be too independent. Men like to have individuality. Women, on the other hand, can become an extension of the boss. Maxwell lost his seat in 1970 to conservative challenger William Benyon. He contested Buckingham again in both 1974 general elections, but without success. Okay. So there's a little bit about Robert Maxwell. And I'm just going to say this real quick. If Israeli intelligence, the Mossad, is as top-notch and know their stuff, as Tayana the Truth Seeker likes to say, then, and, and, and also if the Jews allegedly run the world, like Mel Gibson and others like to say, and that's not anti-Semitic people, that's just, I'm just commenting on what other people are saying, okay? I'm not taking a side here, okay? I'm just talking about this stuff. But think about it. If there's any truth to those claims, doesn't this guy, Robert Maxwell, seem like an Israeli operative, perhaps, high-level, governmental, military background guy who just so happened to take over publishing companies that just so happened to be printing the books that American people are learning from. I mean, talk about infiltration. <laughs> and I'm sure if you're into this conspiratorial stuff, you've been seeing a lot of people on social media floating all these pictures of all the people that run Hollywood that just happen to be Jewish, allegedly, all these high-level people in government and actually in the current Biden administration that are Jewish, allegedly. I'm not saying. I'm just saying, people. <laughs> Do a little minor investigation, and it, not, it does not take a long time to stumble upon possible realities. 
okay? I'm not taking a side. I'm not telling you that any of this is true. But the information is out you to go make your own decisions for yourself. Okay? That's all I'm urging you to do. That's all I'm asking. Don't take my word for it. My fellow Americans, go do the fucking work for yourself. Do it for you. And when you do it for you, you are also doing it for me, and you are also doing it for all of us. Okay? I don't know the truth, but I do know that there is information that exists that when you go through it critically and you analyze it rationally, logically, free of propaganda narratives, free of emotion, it will point to the possible reality. Okay? That's all I'm saying. Don't shoot the messenger. I'm just talking about it. Okay? And if I can't even talk about it, we're already in serious, serious trouble. You know what I'm saying? (laughs) All right. I want to play a a clip. And this is Mr. Milton William Cooper commenting on this disease that we have here in America that I like to call apathy. Take a listen to this. Own government is selling your children drugs and you don't seem to care. Your own government has given away the power of the people and you don't seem to care. There is an apathy that is running rampant in this country that is deadly. Whether or not there are aliens We are truly now at this moment a nation of sheep. And ladies and gentlemen, I assure you that sheep are always led to the slaughter. But it does not have to be that way. There is tremendous power in knowledge. There is also tremendous power in secrecy. Take away that secrecy, you make sure that you're informed and you can change things and stop fighting with each other. Thank you. My fellow Americans, make sure you are informed about things and then you can change them and stop fighting with each other. Touche, Mr. Milton William Cooper. Many of us respect your work and we refuse to let your work be forgotten. And there are many others like you that have become martyrs for truth in a world where the powerful elite, the authority, the aristocracy, the monarchy, the divine right of kings, 
in a world where that group of people, the new bourgeoisie, if you will, in a world where those people don't want you to be smart, they don't want you to be courageous, they don't want you to be strong. Because if you were those things, then their power and control would be under threat. And that's why I'm here to urge each and every one of you, my fellow Americans, to start your quest. Start running towards the truth. Start putting in the work. And I would really like to say that you don't have to because there are a small percentage of us out there, 3% to be exact, that are going to try to do it whether you join the club and get on our team and get with our program or not. We're going to do it regardless, but we're going to need help. You're going to need to make a choice sooner or later, whether you like it or not. I'd really like to say that you're not going to have to make that choice at some point. But I'm here to tell you that there's a really good chance that you are. And don't make that choice too late like the victims in Nazi Germany once upon a time, allegedly, <laughs> right? Who knows what the truth is? Maybe even my bullshit theories and ideas were planted. Maybe I think the things that I think because guys like Robert Maxwell were in control of all of our textbooks. Bet you didn't know that, did you? And that epiphany, that revelation thought, that light bulb that goes off in your head when you listen to new information like that, it should start a fire burning within you. It should be whispering in your ear. Something is seriously wrong with this world. All I'm saying is we better start thinking about this stuff. And I know it's very difficult to hear. I know it's tough to face. But it takes courage to face truth. I've said it a million times. Before I go, I'm going to play one more clip. And I have to give you a disclaimer on this one because it is extremely difficult to listen to. It is unbelievable. And it is very, very hard to hear. And it is not for the faint of heart. And this clip has been circulating on social media, so I'm not too afraid to share it here on the show. But if you have a sensitive sensibility, um, if very 
disgusting things uh, are difficult for you to hear, I recommend just fast-forwarding through this part and not listening to this clip. I have to give the warning and the disclaimer, and I have to say that I do not know if this is true. Allegedly, 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 this is a real video clip, okay? So this, let this be my warning to you. This is not easy to hear. This is going to make you feel some kind of way, I can assure you. And the only reason why I'm playing it is because I don't want to ruin the innocence of some of you. <clears throat> I don't want to ruin life. I don't want to black pill you too hard. But for those of you that are on the quest for absolute truth, for those of you that are courageous enough to face some of the possible realities of this world, you need to hear it. You need to know that this stuff may very well be happening in this world. This is a clip of a young English boy talking about what he went through and it sounds a lot like satanic ritual abuse to me and I don't know for sure if that's what it is I don't know if this is AI generated content I don't know if we should believe what we are about to listen to wholeheartedly but if it is a real video and if this little young English boy is commenting on his experiences, then it should tell you a lot about some of the realities of this world. Take a listen to this. We also have a, a church, our own big church, and we use it for sex, eating baby, drinking baby's blood. We kill, we sacrifice the baby, we do sex to the babies, we throw them, when we're dancing with the skulls after the babies are what dead. Skulls? What skulls? The baby skulls. We from put, before? Yeah, from before. We put it on. Where do the baby skulls come from? They come from the baby. How would you get them from the baby? We cut the baby's head off, We um, then we clear all the meat from the skulls. And then we um, put all the meat and cook it, sometimes we roast it, sometimes we roast it in the oven, sometimes we cook it on a fire pan. That, you told me there's some restaurants. Yeah, and there's some restaurants, McDonald's in Hampstead and East Finchley. And East Finchley is a, is a, East Finchley is a swimming pool and in East Finchley there's a swimming pool. And the whole, um, whole, the whole East Finchley does it, the boss does it, everybody does it. That's what? The sex, eating baby, and, we, and there's McDonald's in there, and they're also involved, and there's Starbucks inside, and they're also involved, and there's sweets and shop in there. Well, no, 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 don't rush, don't rush. And you say McDonald's in Hampstead and Finchley Road, yeah. and East Finchley. Yes. And you said Starbucks where? Which Starbucks? Starbucks in Hampstead and, um, no, not in East Finchley, in Hampstead. So not all, not no. all McDonald's are involved, no. and not all Starbucks? No. Only the ones where? In Hampstead and East Finchley, and also um, there, there's a. What about Belsays Park? Yeah, Belsays. No, there's no, 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 no. There's Starbucks then. 
Does, do they do that or not? Yeah, they do. And this is a, a pizza express in Starbucks. No, this pizza express in Delta Spark, and they do it. And Starbucks does it in Starbucks. Yes. Yeah. Okay, allegedly, allegedly, allegedly. I feel like we need to have some comic relief after listening to a clip like that. All I know from this clip, my takeaway is that I'm never eating food from McDonald's or Starbucks again. <laughs> because there might be human meat in it. And I wish that I never heard such disgusting shit it's difficult to listen to isn't it it's definitely uh, a struggle to entertain the thought and the idea that this kind of shit might really be happening in this world I know it's hard I don't want to believe it but does my desire to not want to believe it make it not true There's a rabbi, and, you know, I don't want to sound like I'm coming after Jewish people. I'm not anti-Semitic. I don't have a problem with anybody unless you have a problem with me. I've said that a million times. But there is a lot of information out there that points to some questionable practices of some people that claim to be Jewish, allegedly. Are they really Zionist Satan worshipers? from ancient Kazaria? Maybe. I don't know. But that's what a lot of people have been saying out there. And some of those people, like Janet Osbard and Milton William Cooper, amongst many others, have been unalived and disappeared for even talking about the history of this region, for even bringing it up in public discourse and disseminating it through the internet and through social media. So yes, I am being a bit courageous for even playing this stuff and for even doing this episode today. And I have never in my life been suicidal. So if I magically disappear, my fellow Americans, rest assured, it wasn't by my own hand, okay? <laughs> I don't want to believe this story about killing babies and drinking babies' blood and doing sex to babies like this little boy just got done saying. But if it wasn't really happening, how in the hell would this kid even have the ability to give such an account about his experiences if it didn't actually happen? Ask yourself. You be the judge. Don't take my word for it. Again, disclaimer. Disclaimer, allegedly, allegedly, I do not know and I do not have proof that these things have happened in the world, okay? I am not making the claim that this is real. I am making the claim that it might be real, okay? I have to, people. I have to put that disclaimer on this stuff. And... I don't know if you guys recently listened to Tucker Carlson talking to Roseanne and talking to, God, who else was he talking to? Where he got legitimately scared about having knowledge of possible alien 
you know, Nephilim, whatever, ancient Sumerian gods who believe in human sacrifice, I guess. So they say. I don't know if you guys have seen those recent interviews where they, these people look... I can't remember who T- Tucker was talking to, but you could tell throughout the course of the interview that he was like, oh, you know what I'm talking about, just by based on their tiptoeing around the situation. Maybe there really are Luciferian reptilian archons in control of this realm, people. Maybe they are extraterrestrials from another dimension. Who knows? Maybe they are the fallen angels from the book of Enoch. Maybe all of the religions throughout history have been trying to tell us the same thing. Maybe all of the world religions are just trying to give a regional account of the same event or events, plural. Is that what is on the horizon here in the modern-day 21st century world? Is alien disclosure coming soon? And is that disclosure going to be the beginning of the end of this iteration of Earth? Are we moving ever closer towards a great flood, Armageddon, the end times, what the book of Revelations talks about? Is it time? Are we there? Ask yourself. Has the programming of the last 100 years here in America all been leading to this point? Ask yourself, how much more do people like me need to provide? And I was going to go look for the clip somewhere. In fact, I'm going to. Here, let me see if I can't bring this up real quick. Just to co-sign on this, if this little English boy's account of events are accurate, I've actually heard this before, that some of the Hasidic down, uh, you know, the most down to get down Jewish people, the the religious zealots that call everyone that isn't Jewish uh, a Gentile or the Goyim, right? I have heard conspiratorial accounts of people claiming that they take dead people, grind up their bodies, and put it in our food. They feed uh, (laughs) other humans to their enemies, allegedly, allegedly, allegedly. I don't know if that's true. I've just heard it out there. And there's a guy named Rabbi Abe Finkelstein... I once saw a meme going around the social medias. Here, here it is. I just found it. And again, disclaimer, allegedly, I do not know if this is true. But I'm going to read this to you. 
And you know what? This actually was in the Telegram. I think this this story was published in the Telegram. And I guess there's a full interview, uh, interview that was done by Turner Broadcasting Networks about this. And again, this is hard to hear people. And I'm telling you right now, before I read this, uh, I am not uh, an anti-meat advocate. I am not a vegetarian or a vegan. Uh, I do not subscribe to the World Economic Forum Big Club Plan for the World where they say that we need to reduce uh, the raising of cattle and the consumption of meat, okay? I am not one of those people. But I might second guess it now again like I did the first time I read this because I haven't read this in a long time and actually now that I'm kind of reading it right now, while I'm talking to you, it makes me sick to my stomach. And I, I, I'm not trying to destroy your love of meat, people, but take a listen to this. The FDA allows 4% of human flesh in all meat sold in the United States. 300,000 children from the United States every year and that they drain their blood and consume it for their Passover. He then states that they grind up the bodies of the children, mix them into their favorite slaughterhouse, uh, such as McDonald's, and watch the U.S. citizens eat their own children. I mean, come on. That sounds like complete and utter total horseshit. But then it goes on. Rabbi Abraham Finkelstein of New York claims they take upwards of 300,000 children from the U.S. every year drain their blood, consume it at Passover. He then states they grind up the bodies, mix it in with their favorite slaughterhouses such as McDonald's. I mean, this kid is actually co-signing on what this guy, Rabbi Abraham Finkelstein, actually said in an interview once upon a time. Are you fucking kidding me? Gross. I do not want to believe this. In fact, I don't believe it. Because I like to think that there is some common <laughs> decency within the majority of we human beings. But maybe I'm wrong about that. I'd like to have faith in the Food and Drug Administration. But I don't. And I have numerous examples why none of you should have faith in the Food and Drug Administration. The main one that jumps to mind immediately is the <laughs> approval of the COVID-19 vaccine. <laughs> I'm going to quit talking about this because this is fucking gross. and It's making me sick to my stomach. I do not want to believe that this shit could possibly happen in reality. But my fellow Americans, guess what? I could be wrong. I know. I know. It's tough to hear. It's tough to believe. Um, there are websites out there supporting and um, you know, celebrating, I guess. Yeah. Eating human flesh. 
I've been hearing recently that there's been like this push to like make cannibalism somewhat okay. Other cultures throughout history have done it. Uh, old cultures have done it, uh, and the reason why is because they think that they're gaining the power of the fallen enemy or of who the people that they've destroyed. Does this stuff still happen in the Holy Roman Catholic Church in the Vatican amongst the British royal family, Buckingham Palace? You've heard stories. You know the stories about Prince Andrew? You, you know the stories about the monarchy? You guys have heard it all before. I've talked to you about it on this show many, many times. I'm not the only one saying this stuff. The information is out there. You have to seek it out and discover it. And I, this is probably the most disgusting shit, the most controversial stuff I will ever talk about on this podcast. Not because I'm a hypocrite. You know, because I, I always say, hey, you got to be courageous enough to face the truth, regardless of how uncomfortable that truth might be. But this is like as out there and as black pilled as it gets. It's just it, like I shudder to think that this stuff could really be happening. But when you look at history and you see what kind of barbaric, demonic creatures human beings have been in the past. It makes you think, what has changed from then until now? And I would make the contention that what has changed is mind control, propaganda, and manipulation. They have created a world that we are all born into that has evolved from thousands and thousands of years of human behavior that has been second to none in the department of horrible, horrific, satanic, evil, right? I don't know where I'm going with all this. I don't even know why I played this stuff for you today, people. I have no agenda. I'm not trying to bash Jewish people. I'm not trying to be anti-Semitic. But... I can't lie to you and I can't lie to myself and say that I haven't discovered this controversial information in the real world. I wish this was a fantasy. I wish this was make-believe. I wish this stuff wasn't out there. And I hope, boy, I hope and I pray that it's all false. I hope it's all artificial intelligence created propaganda that has been disseminated to scare you and upset you and paralyze you with fear so that you do not develop the courage and the knowledge and the awareness and the ambition to change this world for the better. I hate to say it, people, but if we're going to fight this fight, if we're going to have any hope or chance of winning. Not only do each and every one of you need to do what I've been urging you to do on this show, 
since episode one, you have to start your quest. You have to go to war with yourself. You have to analyze yourself. You have to figure out how to be disciplined and strong enough and capable enough to stop letting others make your decisions for you. You need to start working on yourself, making decisions for yourself, teaching yourself, educating yourself, not having faith and trust in anyone else to do that job for you. You need to do it for you. And once you get on that quest, once you get on that program, then, and only then, are you ready to participate? And we need more. We need more people to get it together and to do something about it. Because if we don't, then we better prepare ourselves to be conquered. And my fellow Americans, specifically you men out there, tick tock. I love you guys so much. I love this world. And despite the evil and the hatred and the disgusting, horrific, terrible things that are associated with this world, despite it all, I am here saying I still have hope. I still have faith. I will not give up. I will not give in. Because I know that this is how it ends. Once upon a time, I wrote a revolution song entitled, This is How It Ends. I played it for you on this podcast a long time ago. And I'm going to play it for you here today for two reasons. First reason is because the lyrics and the vibe of this song theme up perfectly with the content of this episode. And the second reason is I didn't have the heart to ask any other band to let me feature their music on this specific episode because I knew that the content was going to be very, very controversial. And I know that there's a good chance that a lot of bands are not going to want to be associated with this particular episode. So the music portion of the show today is going to be yours truly, Andrew for America, playing an original song for you once again, entitled This Is How It Ends. And I'm going to read the lyrics to you right now. Is there a better way to lend a hand? Are we just gluttons for punishment? Another day goes by, I still don't understand. Should it be so hard to find happiness? Please believe this story is about you and me and everyone. We better wake up from this dreamy state before it's too late. 
When your family's on the run, the battle has begun. A few of us are keeping everything for themselves. And I can't stomach the fact we're going to let this mother go up in flames. Today, apocalyptic rage. The planners set the stage. And complicit we became. But now we will not break. We will not bend. We know that this is how it ends. Is there a better way to understand that right and wrong ain't hard to comprehend? Another year goes by and not a thing has changed. We are led by the totally deranged. Please believe this story is about you and me and everyone. We better wake up from this dreamy state before it's too late. When your family's on the run, the battle has begun. A few of us are keeping everything for themselves. And I can't stomach the fact we're going to let this mother go up in flames. Today apocalyptic rage the planners set the stage complicit we became but now we will not break we will not bend we know that this is how it ends and I'm here to tell you my fellow Americans once you start your quest for absolute truth once you find it in your heart once you find the courage and the desire and the will to teach yourself to learn to grow you will arrive at the same conclusion you will know how it must end no one wants to be a martyr but at some point we may not have any more choice. Ladies and gentlemen, making his return. <laughs> I don't know why I love doing that so much. To the Politics and Punk Rock Podcast, here's yours truly, Andrew, for America. One. With his song. This is how it ends.
We better wake up from this dreamy state before it's too late. When your family's on the run, the battle has begun. I feel this are keeping everything for themselves. And I can't stomach it back. We're gonna land this mother. Go up in flames today. Apocalyptic rage. The man is at the stage. We're led by the totally deranged Please believe the stories about you And me and everyone We better wake up from this dreamy state people i hope you like that song that's one of my originals this is how it ends and my fellow americans i hope i'm wrong about all this shit i hope that i'm just a tinfoil hat wearing nut job idiot conspiracy theorist sometimes i wish that that was the case Sometimes I wish that I was wrong about all of it. It just seems like it's not the case. And based on not only my research, but based on the research of many, many, many other people out there, there's a pretty good chance that we are not wrong. We may get some things wrong here and there, But when you put it all together and you look at the timeline and you look at the chronology and you use deductive reasoning, 
there's a pretty good chance that if you start your quest and you start diving in and doing your own research and getting into this stuff, there's a really good chance that you may arrive at the same conclusions. And again, disclaimer, allegedly, allegedly, I do not know if any of this shit is true. I do not know for sure. I'm just talking about it. I'm just exercising my constitutional right to free speech. I am not trying to elicit violence. I am not a proponent or an advocate of violence. All I'm saying is that I believe that JFK was absolutely correct when he, when he once said, and I quote, those who make peaceful revolution impossible will make violent revolution inevitable, unquote. Thank you for listening. Go to the website, politicsandpunkrockpodcast.com. Buy some merch, donate to the show. Click on the SoundCloud link to check out my music. Click on the Spotify link to check out the Politics and Punk Rock Podcast playlist. Take care of each other out there. Drop your ego. Listen to your heart. Listen to your intuition. If you feel deep down inside that something is very wrong with this world, that something is very wrong with your country, with your community, with your environment, and maybe even with people in general, then I hate to tell you, but it is your responsibility to spread the word, to be the Paul Revere, to sound it from the rooftops. Go tell it on a mountain. You know what I'm saying? Tick. Talk. I love you guys. Thanks for listening. Hang out and listen to my outro clip from former CIA operative Andrew Bustamante co-signing on all my bullshit. Good night. We'll see you next time. This has been episode 168 of the Politics and Punk Rock Podcast. Entitled, Allegedly, Allegedly, Allegedly. We'll see you next time. What I've discovered since getting out, since becoming more public with my own agency background, is that people really don't, I mean, especially American people, the, the average American out there doesn't realize how despicable the world outside of our borders really is, mm-hmm. right? Like cartels. Cartels literally will torture you, right? Terrorist groups will torture you. 
not 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 because there's any strategic benefit from it, right? But just because they want to send a message. It's their version of psychological operations. It's it's a number of different things, right? Not to mention the fact that they're oftentimes like these are not well educated, you know, balanced, emotionally stable people who gather into cartels and gather into uh, terrorist organizations or gather into extremist groups. These are desperate people who who live hard lives, who learn to live by a, a code of ethics that's defined by the organization that they come into. So, you know, the idea that that you or I might ever actually inflict prolonged pain on somebody, it's it's difficult to even imagine coming from the American mindset. Um, and and it's it's fascinating to me because oftentimes Americans will get all up in arms about saving whales and about right. protecting animals from makeup testing. And we'll get upset about about immigrants being shipped from Texas to New York. Right. Like when you compare those to what's happening in Mexico City, like it's yeah. insane that people don't realize how protected and privileged and and uh, humane we are and that we're we're subdividing and limiting and arguing with each other over you know minuscule things and we're calling it humane and it, it's the definition of humane is so much wider than what we consider